Hello, and welcome back to Polliver, a BMX podcast with Chris Doyle. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, or at least I hope this is the middle. I, I at least hope that we're halfway through this whole thing. The uh, coronavirus has really taken its hold on the world right now, and um, they've canceled pretty much all events for the summer, especially all BMX events. Um, No X Games, no Vans Pro Cup. Um, Gosh, uh, Swamp Fest didn't happen. Really got my fingers crossed that Battle of Hastings over in the UK still goes off. That's in September. And they rescheduled uh, Swamp Fest for October. So hopefully those events can still happen um, because it'd be a shame for them not to happen. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, not a whole lot to look forward to in BMX right now, except for for my podcast, of course. I don't think I could have picked a worse time to get re-motivated to start doing stuff with the podcast than right now. Um, just prior to us having to be quarantined, having to stay home, I was reaching out to people. I was uh, talking to people that I wanted to interview. Uh, I came up with all these different ideas, stuff that I thought would be really cool, and then I'm stuck at home. <laughs> so, uh, so for this episode, I have no guest. It's pretty much just me bullshitting for however long I want to bullshit. And uh, I hope you don't hate this. I'm sorry if you hate it. Actually, I'm, I'm not really sorry if you hate it. Um, whatever. Um, you can turn off at any time. Um, but yeah, I thought I would just do this to, uh, you know, bring everyone up to speed on what's been going on with me, with the podcast. Uh, maybe a few things you didn't know about going on in BMX, but uh, I'm pretty behind the times myself. So uh, here we go. Um, I'm a real big fan of Chris D'Elia. And Chris D'Elia, as you may or may not know, is a stand-up comic, and he's got his own podcast as well. Uh, it's called Congratulations. And Congratulations is pretty much just Chris D'Elia just bullshitting for an hour, sometimes two hours, sometimes three, um, and just being really funny. He's, he's really, really funny. Um, I am not that funny, so um, I, I guess I can't compare it too much, but uh, nevertheless... This is me just talking. Um, I just uh, just watched the uh, Dennis Anderson, Jason Watts, and Corey Walsh edit, in which they're riding uh, Dennis's new backyard, which I think the ramps are are taking the place of his old uh, ramps that were in his backyard that I think Nike provided back in the day. And if you really want to know how bad you are at riding bikes, go watch this edit, because I mean. Three of the best bike riders in the world. Uh, definitely some of my favorites. Um, guys that are really hard to find fault in uh, just destroying this new ramp setup. Um, and it was done by Kristen Regal. And uh, so it's filmed really, really well. It's edited really well. And these dudes are just crushing it. And, uh, you know, Walsh and Watts, uh, incredible bike riders. But in my opinion... I think Dennis Anderson might be the best bike rider in the world. Uh, just his ability to be able to do everything. Like he could film the best video part. He could win just about any contest. Um, 
and it, like I don't, the, the ability to push uh, bike riding in so many like in, in street and in park and dirt like his ability just is is so phenomenal and I, I love anything that Dennis puts out and uh, if you disagree with me that you think that Dennis is the best bike rider in the world uh, that's okay because that's, I mean, you know, BMX is uh, subjective to, you know, we all have our favorites. We all have different opinions. I'm, I'm saying these are my, my modern favorites. These, these are uh, guys that are current. Um, of course, I, if you ask me who the best bike rider in the world is, I'd, you know, probably say like Jay Miron or, 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 you know, the best that ever was, maybe Miron. I don't know. But that's not, this isn't about my opinions. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be spilling my opinions out like that. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is a terrible time to start doing podcasts again. Uh, don't have a guest. Uh, usually I like to interview people. And people um, people keep asking me, why don't you just do these via Skype? Why don't you do these uh, with Zoom or, or whatever, one of the other outlets that allows people to connect? I can't engage people well over the phone or through a computer um, I like to be face to face with somebody that I'm talking to, with someone that I'm interviewing in particular. So I, I'm not going to go the Skype route. I'm not going to go the Zoom route or whatever, or the FaceTime route. Um, and no disrespect for anyone that, that does do it that way. It's just like, I, I don't want to do that. Um, I don't think it would be up to par to, to what I would want an interview to be. So there's that. Um, I was scrolling through my social media today, and there's that clip of uh, Sean Burns walking down the sidewalk with his cane, and that's fucking awesome. I was uh, I was so stoked when I saw that, and he kind of looks like Edward Scissorhands, and he's got those glasses on. It's like typical Burns, um, but I was psyched when I saw that. In case you've been living under a rock. Sean Burns had this horrific injury and he broke his spine and he had to have a gnarly surgery and it seems so brutal and he's posted clips of, of himself like in the hospital and he's given uh, updates here and there and there's always a lot of questions going on during this time. Um, I will say that for the podcast, I reached out to, um, to Burns' liaison who's become like Stu Johnson and uh, I asked Stu if Burns would be down to do an interview for Pauliver, and Burns agreed. So hopefully in the not too distant future, when we're allowed to travel again, when we're allowed to interact with one another again, hopefully I can get to wherever Burns is at and do the Sean Burns interview. Because like yourself, you have a lot of questions, I have a lot of questions, and I think it'd be really cool to sit down with, with Burns face-to-face and know about what he's going through and, uh, you know, about the incident, about the day, stuff like that. I have a lot of questions. I think I could do a really, really, really good interview if I can get there. <laughs> um, now, like I, going back to the whole Skype thing and the Zoom thing and uh, doing it, you know, through a phone or through a computer, I realized that the other BMX media outlets will probably get to Burns before I do. And that's fine. I don't have an exclusive right to this interview by any means. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining that those guys are probably going to get there first. Uh, again, which is fine. And if Burns does those interviews, it's totally fine. There's no, uh, 
you know, no hatred there. Um, cause he can do whatever the hell he wants, but I'm really hoping I can get there and just, you know, crush the Sean Burns recovery interview. Um, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And speaking of, uh, Stu Johnson, big shout out to Stu for like spearheading the fundraising for, for Burns, uh, and, doing all this stuff. Him, Chris Rye, Rob Tibbs uh, have gone above and beyond to do all these like fundraisers for, for Sean to uh, help pay his medical bills. Um, you know, they're selling a lot of that. Uh, they've been selling a lot of Anthem stuff and a lot of pros have kicked in a lot of goods to, uh, for these like raffle tickets. So you can buy raffle tickets or you can like buy a t-shirt, you buy stickers and it automatically signs you up for these raffle tickets and you get raffle tickets and then you can win this stuff that, that come from uh, pros and industry icons, photographers. Um, so it's really, really cool. Uh, I, I got a shirt, I got, I got some stickers. So I got some raffle tickets and I got my fingers crossed that I win the fucking Chris Bennett S and M Jersey. Have you seen that? Um, Chris Bennett is, is giving away one of his old S and M jerseys. And for those of you that don't know Chris, you need to know that Chris has kept nothing from his professional bike riding career. If you go to his house right now, Chris has nothing that will tell you that he was ever a BMX bike rider. I mean, he might have a bike or something, but he's kept no, uh, no videos, no magazines. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of shirts or jerseys or anything like that. So the fact that he has this S&M jersey that's up for this raffle is so big. And I, I really hope I win it. I doubt I will, but um, whoever gets it, you need to frame it because that's a rare, rare item. And I hit Chris up. I'm like, how do you have that jersey? You don't have anything. And apparently he gave it to a buddy of his like 15, 20 years ago. And his buddy hung on to it. And somehow Chris got it back. And now Chris has put it in for this raffle. So if you're a, one of these mid-school collectors, like you should be buying as many uh, raffle tickets as you can and request that jersey because uh, that'd be a really, really cool thing to have. So like I said, um, in, in the uh, when slash if I do this Sean Burns interview, uh, hopefully I have Stu involved uh, and can, uh, you know, I can ask him questions along with Burns and uh, you know, kind of make it like a double thing. I think it'd be really cool. I have a lot of good ideas. I just need to get there. And uh, Burns actually said he doesn't want to do an interview right away. He wants to, I think, recover a little bit more. So um, as soon as Burns gives the green light, as soon as we're allowed to travel again, I'm there. I'll go to Austin. I'll go to wherever Burns is at. I don't know if he's going to go back to Boston and, and be closer to family or what, but I'm going to really, really try to do that interview. Um, what else? I'm not pro anymore. That's new. Uh, well, it's not really new if you follow me on social media, but I, um, I haven't been pro since the end of 2018. And I kind of thought people knew that. Um, I don't have, uh, you know, big stars on my, on my helmet anymore. Uh, I'm not doing like the sponsored posts on, on Instagram anymore. And I kind of assumed people already knew that. But I guess not, because I posted this clip on my Instagram from the the box office smash hot rod, <laughs> which has uh, Andy Samberg in it. Um, 
So I posted this clip in which he's telling his girlfriend, his girlfriend's name is Denise, as is my wife's name is also Denise. And he's telling her why he can't do stunts anymore on his moped. And it's this whole like MC Hammer reference in which he's like, I was legit. I was too legit to quit, you know. Um, so I posted that clip thinking, I was like, oh, this is really funny. Um, actually, I kind of stole the idea from Tony Hamlin because me and Aaron Smith on kink trips, we'd always watch, uh, Aaron had a iPod touch, which is basically like an iPhone, but he had the movie hot rod on there and we'd sit in the back of the van and we'd watch this movie on, on trips when we we're going places. And I remember Tony heard that and he's like, oh, that's going to be my retirement speech someday. That whole too legit to quit thing. So I kind of stole it from Tony. But again, I was watching Hot Rod. I thought it was funny. I posted it up. And it started this like shitstorm. Well, I shouldn't say shitstorm. It started like this, this like love fest where people were like pouring their hearts out to me about my professional career and what it meant to them and talking about old videos they used to watch and all this other stuff. That really wasn't my intention. I was kind of just trying to be funny because I hadn't been pro for a while and in over a year. I thought people knew that. And uh, I was like, oh, this is funny. It's kind of ironic. And yeah, I, I got a lot of nice direct messages from a lot of like, you know, modern pros um, and a lot of nice comments. That wasn't really my intention, but it was really, it, it, I was kind of like embarrassed by it. Uh, I had a nice laugh by it. Um, but I thank you all for uh, the nice messages. And I, a special thanks to Brant Moore, who like reached out with the, uh, the interview. He like interviewed me, like asked a few questions about my quote unquote retirement. And uh, I thought that was, that was really cool. So if, um, uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube or, or wherever, like go find that interview. It's, it's pretty funny. And uh, hopefully I cleared up some questions. But yeah, not, not writing pro anymore. I, I, I don't have any... Uh, paying sponsors. Um, my current job uh, right now is uh, stay-at-home dad, just uh, watching the kids. I, and like I said I, before the Morgan Wade podcast, I was going to be going into a little bit of a hiatus with the, the podcast because my son was about to be, be born. Uh, he's now six months old. Um, he's great. Uh, love him to death. And uh, yeah, right, right now it's just me hanging out with the kids and enjoying being retired from from uh, BMX. Um, but I, uh, I have been riding a little bit. I rode today. Uh, I live really close to a really good concrete skate park. And it's the only park in our area, in the, in the Pittsburgh region, that doesn't have locked gates right now. So people can still ride there. And I'm still trying to follow the rules a little bit. I'm still trying to adhere to the CDC guidelines and everything. So I've been doing drive-bys by the park and just trying to see how many people are at the park at, on, a, on a given day. Maybe I'll get a session in. But every time I've driven past, it's been packed. So I don't go. I'm trying to keep that social distancing thing. And I went, uh, I went today and it, it was completely empty which was awesome. So I, I got in there, uh, started riding a little bit. My buddy hits me up. My buddy, Justin, he's like, dude, I'm going to Boyce right now. I'm like, dude, I'm here. There's no one here. Let's ride. So he shows up and he has his kids. And my buddy Rich shows up. He has his kids. My buddy Tito shows up. He's got his kids. So the park started to fill up um, pretty quick. 
And I'd already been there for a little while. So I was like, you know what? If someone needs to leave, I'll, I'll, I'll be the one to take off. So I took off and left. But it was really fun just to be outside riding. Nice weather. Good friends. Uh, so I, I, I've got a few sessions in there. And, and not being pro doesn't mean I ride any different. I feel like I still ride the exact same. And I'm still trying to maintain a respectable skill level on the bike. I don't ever want to be one of these people that takes six months off and then I try to ride again and it's a disaster. So still trying to maintain and uh, do everything that I can to still stay comfortable on my bike. Um, But as far as stuff that I'm doing with this podcast, I've been doing those Instagram live watch along things. I don't know if anyone's gotten to catch that that's listening to this. Um, Basically, it's me just watching a video with the filmer slash editor of said video. So I did one with for Wide Awake Nightmare in which I brought Chris Bennett on and we like watch the video and he gives background into certain clips and certain sections. Why'd you pick this song? And then other people would interact as well. Like other people would come on and ask Chris a question or ask me a question or just uh, say a comment that something they liked or didn't like about the video. And it was really cool. It really went off. Um, I think that one had about 70 viewers altogether um, at, at, at one given time. And so I was like, oh, I need to do this again. So I, I, I made sure the next weekend I did one with uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, Will Stroud, who made the system video. So Will and I sat and watched the system video together. And this one had a lot more interactions. And... I kind of interviewed Will a little bit about it. Uh, What was the budget like? Uh, What was stressful about filming this? Uh, What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And do peep that one. I had like double the viewers from uh, Instagram live. So, and a lot of different interactions were going on. Like Walter Perringer came on and was like uh, typing in questions and typing in comments. Chad Shackelford came out of nowhere and was like talking to people on there. I brought uh, Wismersky, I'm sorry, Wismersky. I brought Kaczynski and Biz on to talk about their parts. And uh, that was really, really cool. And it's really, really interactive. So I'm going to do more with that. Um, I've already talked to a couple guys, talked to Stu Johnson, talked to Daryl Taco. They said they'd be down to do one of their videos. Uh, Daryl, as you know, made a lot of the kink videos. And uh, in addition to that, made the bad timing videos. So I was like, I, I told both Stu and Daryl, like, pick uh, the, one of the videos that you made that you want to talk about, and uh, we'll go from there. But Stu was like, no, I want you to pick. I think you should pick the video, and then we'll do the watch along that way. So I've been r- kind of racking my brain as to what Stu Johnson uh, video I want to do. Right now, I really want to do Anthem 1. Uh, I think that would be really cool. I'd like to know a little bit more background about Anthem 1. Um, and then maybe I could bring on a, a rider that was in that, that video as well. Maybe bring on Ground Chuck. Uh, maybe bring on Stoffer or something like that. And uh, have them talk about their, their parts. I think that'd be really cool. So yeah, um, yeah be, uh, be sure to check out my, my Instagram, my Polliver Instagram. Which again, doesn't have many followers. But it's kind of created this like little niche following of, of guys that are into what I'm into. And uh, I really enjoy it. I really, uh, I've been having fun with that, that stuff. Um, let's see, what else? What else? <laughs> I made this Brad Sims edit. Actually, l- let, me, let me back up a little bit. 
has anyone noticed that like Brad Sims is like the best street rider in the world right now? Um, the stuff that he's posting on social media just blows my mind every day. When I'm on Instagram, I love when I scroll past the Brad Sims clip and I'm like, holy shit, like that, like every clip is this amazing feat of athleticism and strength and bike control. And it's just insane. Uh, so much so, like I have such an appreciation for what Brad's been doing lately. I pulled a bunch of his clips off of Instagram and I put them on a timeline in iMovie and I set, <laughs> I set all the clips to She's Got the Look by Roxette, <laughs> which everyone's like, damn, that's such a ridiculous song. But anyone that's ever traveled with me knows that my musical taste is like just all over the map. And I love late 80s, early 90s pop music. So I was like, what song can I use here? And I just heard um, that Roxette song on the radio. I was like, wow, she's got the look. That's such an awesome song. So I put, I put the edit to that. So it's Brad Sims writing to She's Got the Look. And you know the song. It goes na 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 She's got the look. You know the jam. So the whole time when I'm editing this, I'm like, oh, this is like ridiculous. It's awesome. And everyone's gonna love this. Everyone's gonna think it's really funny and people are gonna be like super stoked on this. And the reality was, uh, I, I think I did a bad job editing it to begin with, but no one really cared. I, it got a few comments, um, it got a few likes, but I was super proud of it. And I thought it was great. And uh, be sure to go watch that. I thought about putting it on, putting it on my YouTube, but uh, I think it would have gotten taken down uh, because it was edited to that song. And uh, while I was editing, I was, I, was I was thinking about Brad Sims a lot. And I thought about when uh, Brad and I first met. It was at the 401 Trails in Raleigh, North Carolina. Brad must have only been like 14 years old. I was probably 17 years old. And he was like a little racer kid. And we, we called him Little Brad. Oh, there's Little Brad. And he was down there with John Saunders. And then uh, after that... I didn't see him for a couple years. I, I think I saw him in Pittsburgh at some local trails, at the Empire Trails. And he was there. I think he was in town for the, the South Park National. And he, he'd come to the trails. And I just happened to be there. I don't think I was even living in Pittsburgh yet. But so I knew him as Little Brad. Then some time passed. And I drove up to Binghamton, New York for the La Rev contest at the East Coast Terminal. And... Brad was there. I got there just just in time for the last heat of amateur finals. And Brad was in the, the, the last heat of finals. The only two that I remember in that heat was him and Scotty Kramer. And I will never forget. It was the first time I'd ever seen Scotty Kramer ride. And Brad Sims does his run. It was great. And I'm like, well, nothing's going to beat that run. But then Scotty dropped in and Scotty started his run in the mini ramp by doing a 900 tail tap 
to Ice Pick to Fakie. That's how he started his run. And then he pops up on the, on the deck of, the, if you remember the layout of East Coast Terminal, he pops up onto the deck, then just drops in the other side and just destroys the rest of the park. Like Ice Pick, the big beam, and uh, just, he probably could have won pro. And, and Scotty was probably only 15 at the time. But if, if, for those of you listening, how, how many tries would it take you to do a 900 tail tap to ice pick to fakie? Now, keep in mind, Scotty ratcheted a little bit. He covered a lot of the deck. He ho- might have hopped a, a time or two. But still, how many tries does that take you? 900 tail tap to ice pick to fakie. And I remember watching him destroy the the park and it was a clear-cut winner and I remember thinking to myself like I hope that kid is a prick I hope I don't like that kid because he's so good I just don't want to like him for some reason and sure enough uh, after the contest uh, Scotty's dad comes up to me hey Chris I'm a big fan my name's Scott this is my boy this is this is Scotty and I'm like oh you're that kid that just did a a ton of tricks that I'll never be able to do. So uh, I shake his hand and Scotty was really nice. He was very respectful, very humble. Um, he was, he was quiet in a, in a, I got this, this kind of sense that, um, his, he was kind of embarrassed to be with his dad. Like he's like, Oh dad, like had this look on his face. Like, come on, dad, come on. I'm, I'm around all these pros, blah, blah, blah. But nevertheless, it was, um, that was the first time I had met Scotty and I was super impressed. Uh, both, uh, how he was on the bike, obviously, and then off the bike as well. So um, that was the first time I met Scotty as well. What am I talking about? Oh, I'm talking about Brad Sims. Um, so yeah, when I saw Brad Sims at East Coast Terminal, he'd like looked like he had put on 25 pounds of muscle. He was a few inches taller, and I go up to him. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, little Brad?" And he looks at me and he goes, "I'm not little anymore." <laughs> And was like, right, yeah, you're not little anymore. And uh, what is it about Brad? Or what is it about... Some people can be cocky. Some people can be arrogant. And you, and it kind of makes you like them more. What is that? Like, if, if I hung out with you and I'm, like, being arrogant, I'm, I'm cocky, you'd be like, Doyle, go fuck yourself. Like, but certain people... When they're, when they're like arrogant or kind of cocky, you, you tend to like them more. It's like a likable character trait when typically it's not. Like Brad's one of those dudes that like, if he talks about himself, I'm into it. I'm like, yeah, right on. So I don't know why some people have that ability and, and other people don't. Anyways, well, I have another East Coast Terminal story from that, that same con, or I'm sorry, that same weekend because um, later in the weekend was the pro contest. And your boy got second place. I got second place. It was a, a, the first time I'd really done well in a, in a big park contest where there's other heavy, hit, he, sorry, heavy hitters involved. Uh, case in point, Taj won the contest. So it went Taj and then me. And then I forget who got third. Hmm, maybe Tarada? I don't know. D- don't quote me on that. But I know I got second and I know Taj won because... Uh, Taj came up to me after the contest and I, I, I'd met Taj before, but I, I wouldn't say we were close. He came up to me and he goes, Hey, Chris, you deserve to win that contest. 
you deserve first place. And I forget what my response was. I, I probably just said thank you or something. But I remember when he walked away, my own, the only thought in my mind was, I can't believe Taj knows my name. <laughs> that was my only thought. And some people, some pros will always be like superheroes to me. Like I can't have a normal conversation with like Joe Rich and Taj and Jay Miron. Like I can't talk to those guys like we're normal buddies just because I resort back to this time when I was like 13, 14 years old and I'm watching their video parts and I'm like moved by what these guys are doing and how they're riding. That, that's, I wasn't like psyched by their, like about their riding. I was moved by the stuff that they put out. So I just remember thinking like, wow, I can't believe Taj knows my name. <laughs> and um, I still think about that from time to time because uh, Taj and I have had a few interactions uh, since then, obviously. And just recently I had him do a painting for, for me and my wife and it turned out great. And we did it via email. Uh, via Instagram too. And I, the whole time I'm thinking, like, I can't believe I can just like email this guy. I can't believe I can just talk to this guy. And then I get like a, I got a Christmas card from him. And it's, it just geeks me out. I'm a 38 year old man geeking out about another, uh, yeah, I don't know how old Taj is, a 46 year old man or, or however old he is. But like, it, and I think it's always going to be that way. And some people will always, you know, hold that place in, in my mind. So, um, and I think it's really cool about BMX that your heroes really aren't that far away. Like there's a strong possibility that you're going to meet your heroes. If you, if you stay in long enough, you're going to meet these guys that you, that you looked up to. And hopefully you're not let down. Um, what was I t- uh, oh, yeah. I was, just, I was talking about Brad Sims. Jeez. <laughs> Talk about a tangent. Um, anyways. So, yeah. Um, I made this edit of Brad Sims to Roxette. She's got the look. Uh, go go check that out. Have a laugh and also be very impressed. Um, what else? So yeah, I, uh, like I said, I, I got to do some riding recently and I was leaving the park today and I ran into my buddy Larry. Larry's about 50 years old, if I was to guess. Definitely late 40s. And I've seen Larry around for years. Larry's an old school skateboarder and Larry pulled up and I was, I was real excited to see him get out of his car and he's got a BMX bike uh, on his bike rack uh, on the back of the car. And he, he's like, Hey Chris, how's it going, man? I'm like, Larry, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in forever. And he's like, check out my bike. He, he, he the bike was his. I thought it was like his, one of his, like his kids or something like that. But he's like, Oh, check out my bike. And I was like, Oh, where'd you get that? And he's like, Oh, I, uh, at Peach Plaza, one of the local parks here in Pittsburgh, uh, he went there to skate, and there was uh, there was a bike there. There's a bike, I guess, sitting in the bowl, and just had a sign on it that said "free." So he took the bike. He's like, "Yeah, this is my bike now." So now I ride. I ride BMX. I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like he's you know, 50, maybe 50, and he just started riding BMX. And I was like, "Dude, Larry, that's sick. That's so awesome." And Larry asked me this question that I get asked um, every once in a while, like at, at BMX functions. Um, Larry goes, hey, Chris, how's your health? 
And I'm like, I look at him kind of weird and I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I, I thought maybe he was going to go into like something about the, the coronavirus or something. But he's like, Chris, how's your health? And I'm like, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I feel pretty good. And he goes, no, man, how's, how's your heart? And I was like, oh, yeah, my heart. And it's weird that like I've almost kind of forgotten about the incident, about uh, surviving cardiac arrest. I, I don't want to say I've forgotten about it, but I don't think about it as much anymore, which is, is good, right? It's good that you don't dwell on the bad shit that you've gone through in your life. You don't want to be defined by that, right? So, but it's also kind of bad that I forget about it because I think I need to keep it fresh. I need to find some sort of balance to where I'm not constantly thinking about it, but I can remind myself of it from time to time. Allow, allow me to explain. Um, I just uh, celebrated my second anniversary of uh, surviving cardiac arrest. It was April 5th. And I, I put something up on my Instagram and I kind of, I lived in that moment or I lived in that, that few days uh, that surrounded the whole incident. I lived in that for a couple hours and uh, I talked to a few of the guys that were there and, uh, you know, I read some nice comments on Instagram as well. But then the next day I kind of like stopped thinking about it and I don't, I, I'll put it to you this way. When I came home from Albuquerque, when all was said and done, and I knew I was going to be okay. For those three months after my cardiac arrest was the most appreciative and most thankful time of my life. Uh, I would wake up every day just like so thankful for the day. I'd be in my kitchen making breakfast, just thankful for the eggs in my frying pan and thankful for the coffee in my cup. And I was like walking on the beach with with uh, my wife and my daughter uh, probably like a month later after the cardiac arrest incident. And I'm like, crying. I got tears coming down my cheeks. And my wife's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm so thankful to be here. I'm, and I was really hoping and I was kind of thinking that I might feel that way forever. Like I'm, I get to feel this way forever. And I get to feel so appreciative and thankful. But it wore off. And I stopped thinking about it as much. And again, which I thought was good. It's good that I'm not dwelling on it anymore. But I, you know, ever since, like now almost, now over two years later, I, I find myself getting caught up in the same bullshit that we all get caught up in and the same shit that we stress about and complain about. I get pissed when my flight is not on time, or my flight gets canceled. I get pissed when I'm sitting in traffic or I get upset that when I order food, they got the order wrong. I find myself like worrying or, or stressing about stuff that we shouldn't stress about. And when I, when I think about the incident, when I think about this horrific incident that I, that I went through, that I drugged my family and my friends through, it's a good way to remind myself when I am stressing about little stuff, when I, when I am quote unquote sweating the small stuff, it's a good reference point to go back to and say to myself, motherfucker, you're lucky just to be here. So why don't you suck it up and whatever you're stressed about right now, get over it real quick. So that's, that's, that's what I mean. I need to find that balance point to where like, I don't think about it all the time, but I can still reference it and say, and call myself a bitch and, 
you know, just move past whatever uh, current little thing that I'm stressing about because uh, I don't need to do that. And uh, I guess that's where I'll, I'll kind of wrap this thing up is, uh, you know, it's things suck right now. <laughs> there's not a lot going on in the BMX world. There's uh, there's no events. There's not. It's hard to foresee the next time that we're all going to get together and slap high fives. Hopefully that's uh, over in the UK or down in Florida. Um, but you know, these, these times will pass and uh, we'll all be back together again soon. So don't sweat the small stuff. And uh, I hope to see you guys all around uh, sometime soon. And uh, oh, in closing, uh, uh, also be sure to support the, uh, the industry right now. Support your, uh, your local uh, BMX establishments. Uh, we have the wheel mill here in Pittsburgh. They're, they've teamed up with Vans to uh, do like a, a signature shoe in which uh, all, all proceeds go to the park. And I know a, a couple other companies, or uh, I'm sorry, a couple other like shops or whoever are doing that. So thanks to Scotty Kramer for like selecting the wheel mill to be a part of this uh, foot the bill program that Vans is doing. It's really awesome. Uh, also, the wheel mill is selling shirts. They're sh- selling bandanas and everything. So um, I, I'm trying to support, you know, the wheel mill in, in, in my local establishments. And I hope that you guys are all doing the same. And uh, yeah, we're all in this together. And uh, I hope to see you guys at an event sometime soon. Hey, also, this just in, um, just saw that Brad Sims is now riding for Fit Bikes. So uh, congratulations, Brad. And I have to wonder if my edit had anything to do with him getting on Fit. I'd like to think that it did. So uh, Brad, you're welcome, buddy. Congratulations again. Bye-bye.